welcome to the Tanakh podcast today, Hoshea, Perek Gimel, chapter 3. Our learning should be for the schut of Chayalei Tzva Haganali Yisrael, for their success and their safe return, for the re- return of all the chatufim, the hostages, and also for the healing of all the wounded in this war in Aza. Today, chapter three, a very short chapter, but a very perplexing and enigmatic one. In this story, uh, Hoshea is once again commanded to take a promiscuous woman, he does so, and he pays 15 shekels and measures of barley. And uh, all the commentaries want to know, is this the same wife as at the beginning, or is it a different wife? Hoshea commands this woman to sit in solitude until she comes back to him. It's very strange. And uh, you know what, let's read the chapter, because uh, it's so short. It's five psukim, and then we'll try and figure out the message, which I think we can take from it. Um, go and love a woman. By the way, it doesn't mention marriage. Go and love a woman like the love of a friend. But a woman who consorts with others. That's exactly the way God loves B'nai Israel. But they turn to other gods. And they love a cup of wine. So I hired her. By the way, it doesn't say marry. It says hired the ekarehali for fifteen shekels of silver, and a and and a chomer of sorim and a letek of barley. Um, and I say to her, Yamim Rabim Teshvili, wait for me. Lotizni. Do not be promiscuous. Don't take any other man. And I will be loyal to you. And now he turns to the Jewish people and he says, So the Jewish people will be, will sit waiting. Without a king, without government. Without a, without sacrifices and without pillars, without a fod and any idols. And after all this, the Jewish people will come back and they will seek God that David will come and they'll seek, seek, seek David their king. And they will thrill over God and over God's goodness, his bounty in the days to come. What is meant by this chapter? What is the story? And I will simply say, though there's many, many discussions, I'm going to go with the um, approach of the Abar Benel, and we'll see it's also the approach of Rav Cook, um, where he's saying that, if you remember in, in the last chapter, he spoke about the idea that uh, we would go to the, to the wilderness, we'd go into exile, and then we would renew our love. But here he talks about a different type of love, a love which isn't quite a marriage, it's a more distant relationship. It's a relationship of friendship. And that uh, this woman who has a tendency to promiscuity should wait without any lovers, without uh, 
being promiscuous and that without any sacrifices, without any afford, um, and eventually when times are ready, she will come back to God and God will shower her with love. What, what does this refer to? It would seem to refer to the Galut. This is talking, and by the way, they're, they're going to come back to, how does the chapter end? It ends with, they will come back to David Malcolm, to David their king. Uh, now there aren't two kingdoms. There's only one kingdom, the kingdom of David. Uh, put very simply, uh, this describes the, the exile, where almost we're being weaned from sacrifices and from even uh, sovereignty. It says, Ein Melech, Vein Sar. And we're sort of in a waiting period so that we stop our bad behavior. We stop uh, committing ourselves to idolatry. Rav Cook, in his introduction to Shabbat Aretz and in many other books, um, talks about the idea that ideally the Jewish people are meant to have uh, a country. They're meant to have a, a state. They're meant to have a situation in which we are a national entity. However, th there are times in which our very existence as a national entity made us decadent, that the um, involvement in, in nation-making, be it in government with the corruption that government, be it in international relations, and then the influence of other nations, um, whatever it might be, brought the nation down, brought them, they weren't, if you want, mature enough to be able to um, succeed in, on the one hand, managing their this-worldly um, standards along with their moral standards. And therefore we go into Galut. Galut is not just a punishment. Galut is a, a tikkun. It is a mode of improvement. And in this regard, um, Rav Cook actually quotes our chapter, the chapter here, and I'm going to quote a few passages it, from the introduction to Shabbat Aretz. If you want to read it, um, it's actually on Safaria. Um, it's translated by Julian Sinclair, Yadidia Sinclair, a friend of mine. And um, it's up there on, on Safaria. And let's just read a couple of passages and you, we'll see the, the passage that we're dealing with. Uh, from deep within the people's troubles after their turbulent national life with all its destructive turmoil, had been taken away from them. Their spiritual line and strength began gradually to return from the, to the levels from which it had, it had declined. The people's spirit began to soar again. The longer they were separated from politics and statecraft, which are poisonous to a broken society. And he now quotes the verses from our, from our chapter. I stipulated with her in return, you will go a long time without fornicating or marrying. Even I shall not cohabit with you, for the Israelites shall go for a long time without king and without officials, without sacrifice and without pillars and without ephod and trophim. And now Rav Cook explains, In exile, Israel abandoned its preoccupation with secular matters that concern the people as a whole and turned its eyes and hearts towards heaven. It stopped trying to amass power, chariots, horses, like every other people in earth, and the nation as a collective ceased all its materialistic pursuits. It no longer desired the debaucheries of the surrounding people. The Spirit of God began to beat within the people once again and to awaken them to know the true heights of the human soul. So too they became aware once more of the Jewish people's spiritual potential as it had been in the good times of the people's youth. They were willing to accept 
death joyfully for the sake of their holy faith and commandments, their eyes and hearts, which habitually cast heavenwards, began to recuperate from the black side, backs, sorry, backslidings and sins of their national life. From the time they were separated from the land, they turned back towards it, not with the greedy gaze of one who sits in his house and desires to reacquire land that he sold because it supplied him with bread and other physical needs, but rather with a look of holy love for its inner character, befitting the godly desire that had begun to return to the people. End of quote. Notice that in our chapter in Hosea, it is the people who initiate the return to the land. And likewise, Rav Cook says that people will return to the land. He says that many religious people won't be able to appreciate this. They will have, in Galut, become so spiritual, they'll become to see Judaism as a religion without all the accoutrements of a nation, without an army, without agriculture, without diplomacy, without the responsibility of national governance, that they will still pine for a Judaism which is which is stripped of those things. But Rav Cook says, no, just like a, a human being needs a body and a soul, a human being can't just be a soul without a body. Similarly, the Jewish people, to achieve its potential, needs to have a country, needs to have a government, needs to have an army, needs to have agriculture, needs to be able to perfect society through through everything. Yes, it's true that during the first temple period, all of these became corrupt and they needed to to be dissolved. But our galut, if you want, has given us a deeper spirituality. For years we looked at Eretz Israel with a spiritual yearning, and now what we have to do is to return to the land as we've had this sort of detox, if you want. This detox, and again, I, I refer back to the Psukim in the in the in the parak. A melech is a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's a bad thing. That's a good thing. In other words, we had to be denied the whole package in order to refine ourselves. But then B'nai Israel will come back. And they'll actually seek God, that David Malcolm, and they'll seek appropriate governance. And at the end of days, they will just be so thrilled about Hashem and all the goodness that he will give them. So this is an image of exile and return. And I think this is the, the reading, not only of the Abarbanel, but of Rav Cook. And it's probably the, the correct way to read chapter three.